Hey, thanks so much for tuning in to this episode of The Unveiling. The title of today's talk is called Jesus, the Cup of Salvation. I promise you, you will not want to miss what we're going to discover. So let's go. All right, all right, all right. Well, thank you everybody for joining in today on this uh, first real episode of The Unveiling I'm your host, Lee Brown. Man, I'm super excited for today because um, what we're going to talk about today um, is mind-blowing. Um, a couple years ago when I first stumbled upon it, it blew me away. And uh, if I'm being honest, I think you um, will also be equally amazed um, at what we're going to talk about today. So if you have a Bible, go ahead and open it to Psalm 116. We're going to be looking at two verses there primarily today, verses 12 and 13. We'll, we'll get there to in a second. Um, but before we jump in, I do want to mention last, uh, last time on the introduction episode, I mentioned you'll want to have some uh, Bible tools at your disposal, if not while you're listening to this, if you decide to do your own set of research afterwards. Um, and so today... Um, I'm going to give you a couple of those tools, and I actually, I, preparing this episode, I used um, Blue Letter Bible, free, Um, I didn't use a ton um, of research in my Logos software, and the reason I'm saying that is because um, no matter where you're at on this journey, uh, Blue Letter Bible is free. And so um, there's really no reason you can't go and do your own homework. All of this that you're going to hear today can be researched and discovered uh, in Blue Letter Bible minus two or three things. And I'll be sure to share the resources um, of those um, when we get to them. So let's um, jump in. We're going to briefly look at this. In its English translation, we're going to spend a small amount of time on the English translation today, um, but we're going to bring to light some of the cultural significance to what we'll read in the English translation. But then after that, we're going to spend a good chunk of time looking at the Hebrew words uh, to these two particular verses, because within those Hebrew words, uh, there are some real treasure to be found. And, and it's my opinion that the English translation doesn't really interpret the text fully. And, uh, and so don't mistake what I'm saying here. I think the English rendering that we do have is still accurate and powerful. Um, but I think that when we look at the Hebrew words, you're going to see by the end of this episode that there's actually a whole lot more to these two verses to unpack. So, Let's start off here at Psalms 116 and 12, and um, I'm reading from the NASB here, which just says, uh, what shall I render to the Lord for all of his benefits towards me? Now, we don't actually know, at least I don't know, I haven't come across any uh, research that states this accurately, but um, who the author is of this particular psalm, uh, most scholars do not believe that it was David. 
Um, this psalm is actually believed to have been written uh, after the Babylonian exile, which is way after David's time. Um, so this author is believed to really be writing this text as an act of praise um, and worship that God delivered them from captivity, uh, specifically in Babylon. Now, what I want to look at here, uh, we're going to spend a very short amount of time on verse 12, but I do want to point out uh, a couple things here before we go. And the primary thing I want to point out here is this word benefits. All right. What shall I render to the Lord for all of his benefits towards me? Um, This word benefits is the Hebrew word tagmul, tagmul. And that's, uh, for those of you who want to look it up, Strong's H8408. But it means this. Uh, benefits is, you can translate it in that way. But it also means um, the act of grace. Now, here's the keynote I, I want to kind of throw at you before we move forward so that the rest of this can, can filter through this. Uh Tagmul, what the what the author is saying here, it, it, he is not saying, "What shall I repay to the Lord?" That word "render" actually means to repay or to return, um, which is interesting. If you look into that word "render," it almost means repent. Um, but anyway, we'll just say, "What shall I repay to the Lord for all of His acts of grace towards me?" What the author is not saying. It's acts of mercy, okay? What I want to point out here is mercy and grace are two very different things, and we need to address that in another episode um, in and of itself because I believe in America we actually have an incomplete definition of what grace is. But essentially for today, what we need to know here is that this word benefits could also say acts of grace. So what shall I repay the Lord for all of his acts of grace towards me, okay? Let's move on to verse uh, 13. We're going to look at verse 13 and 14 and verse 17, because before we dive into verse 13, the Hebrew words there, which is where we're going to spend the majority of our time today, um, I want to explain some of the cultural uh, interpretation and background to this text. So let's read it. Verse 13 I shall lift up the cup of salvation and call upon the name of the Lord. Verse 14, I shall pay my vows to the Lord. Oh, may it be in the presence of all his people. And then verse 17 says this, To you I shall offer a sacrifice of thanksgiving and call upon the name of the Lord. Now, um, I want to read you something out of uh, the uh, Bible exposition commentary. Um, that gives a a pretty good cultural analysis to what's going on here. Um, It says this, um, After he, the author, had been delivered, the psalmist wanted to express his gratitude to the Lord, and he did so in four ways. First, he brought a thank offering to the Lord at the sanctuary. That's what we read in verse 17. Uh, To you I shall offer a sacrifice of thanksgiving. And, And you can see more about the... Jewish culture in Leviticus 3, and then also in 7, verse 11 through 21, if you wanted to go look at that separately. But the second second thing is that part of uh, the sacrifice, the pre- priest would actually pour out a portion of wine um, onto the altar, 
as a symbol of the worshiper's life poured out to serve the Lord. Um, and so this was a cultural picture that could go along with the cup of salvation that we see in verse 13. For the psalmist whose life could have been destroyed by the enemy. Uh, third, the priest kept back part of the offering for a feast held after the sacrifice. And there the worshiper shared his food and his joy with his family and friends. At that feast now, the psalmist, um, he would call upon the Lord and publicly thank the Lord for his mercies. Okay, so he's, he's publicly worshiping and, 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 and um, in a sense, sharing the testimony of the Lord's goodness with others. And fourthly, following that ceremony, following that feast, um, the psalmist would begin to keep promises that he had made to, to the Lord during his time of suffering um, and in danger. So refer to verse 14 and 18 for some of that. But um, essentially what would happen is um, during these times of suffering and in times of trial and danger, um, he would, the author, inevitably he, he made promises to the Lord that he would fulfill his vows um, uh, upon deliverance. Now, um, I need to make clear here that in, in the West, we would call these bribes, but this is not at all the reality of, um, of the Jewish mindset, of the ancient Hebrew mindset towards God. Um, they were very aware that uh, God could not and would not be influenced by man's bribes or propositions, whatnot. Um, rather, these promises were acts of worship um, and praise upon deliverance. So that's kind of a cultural picture and a historical setting of, of why he's writing what he's writing from a natural view. But I want to keep dissecting the Hebrew words in verse 13 because... Um, Again, it's the glory of God to conceal a matter, and I believe there's a couple concealed things that we will see in just a moment through searching it out that we don't see on the surface. So let's dive into verse 13. In English, uh, it's rendered this way. Remember, he's answering a question here. Verse 12, he asks the question, what shall I repay the Lord for all of his benefits towards me? And here's the answer, verse 13. I shall lift up the cup of salvation, call upon the name of the Lord. Now, in English, we read this, and if we're honest, I read verse 13, I, lift, I shall lift up the cup of salvation. And I don't know what that means. I don't, I've never seen a cup of salvation, uh, to be honest with you. Second part says, call upon the name of the Lord. Well, in my Western mindset, I read that, and, and that doesn't strike me as a way to repay the Lord for anything. That almost sounds like I'm calling upon the name of the Lord and asking Him for more. So this whole verse kind of has me confused um, because I want to know how to repay the Lord uh, for His benefits towards me. But this verse in English and on the surface doesn't really seem to answer that question. And it's not until we look into the Hebrew that we see the um, true meaning and the treasures that are actually concealed within this text. So let's do that now. Let's look into the Hebrew. All right, so the first Hebrew word that we're going to come across here is 
nasa, which means to lift up. Um, so I shall lift up the cup. Nasa means to lift up, to bear, to display, um, or to, to present to a king. Now, the second Hebrew word is kos, cup. Uh, here it literally means cup. Um, there's nothing really crazy about this particular Hebrew word other than um, the way that they would use cup was often referred to represent something that one would walk through or endure, or it would be a word to kind of articulate a, a, a word picture to a reality. So think of Jesus in the Garden of Gethsemane where he's praying to the Father, Lord, if there's any way, take this cup from me because he's about to be crucified. And, and he's talking about the reality of what I'm about to endure. So in this verse, the, the word cup uh, is a, um, there's a picture to it of a reality. So we'll get to that in a second table that the next Hebrew word, which this is probably the most profound discovery, I think, especially um, for, for those who are Jews. Um, and I, would, I haven't talked to any about this discovery here, but I would really love to, uh, because the Jews uh, do not accept Yeshua as Messiah. Well, right here in verse 13, I will lift up the cup of, guess what the Hebrew word for salvation is? Yeshua. Yeshua. If you don't believe me, it's Strong's H3444. Yeshua. And I think most technically the way the word is being used in verse 13 might be Yeshuot. Yeshuot. But it's, um, it's a rendering of the word Yeshua. So right here in Hebrew, we see that Jesus' name means salvation. Now, I do want to point this out before moving forward. In my Hebrew Bible that I have here, um, it's called the Israel Bible, and it's a parallel of Hebrew and English. Uh, here's how they translate verse 13 into English. I raise the cup of deliverance. So that is an accurate substitute. So salvation or deliverance is a couple things that could be used there, but it's fine because um, deliverance sheds light onto why Paul correlated uh, Jesus as a means of deliverance because his name literally means deliverance in Hebrew. So here we have this guy claiming to be Messiah. His name is deliverance. His name is salvation. So for me, this is the most profound discovery. I would love to talk, talk to some, uh, some who are, are very well versed in Judaism, um, Jewish background, and I would really love to dialogue about this particular discovery because I would love to see, surely I'm not the only one who's seen this. Uh, I don't really even know Hebrew that well. I, I just stumbled across it, but I would love to know why Jews disregard Yeshua when he's, his name is is right here. Um, anyway, moving along, the next Hebrew word uh, we come across is kwara. Kwara, and I, I'm probably butchering that, um, but um, to call, uh, and my Hebrew Bible over here uh, um, says invoke, so that's how they translate it. So uh, raise a cup of deliverance and invoke the name 
of the Lord. So the, the NASB says to call, quara, call upon the name of the Lord. That literally means, uh, don't think of to call upon the name of the Lord as, as, a, as a gesture of like I'm reaching out to. But this word actually means to proclaim. It means to invoke, to summon, to invite. Uh, and so that's going to be very important. Write that down. The next Hebrew word we come across is name, Shishem. Um, and so uh, if you're familiar with, with Hebrew, the, the name that they refer to God is Hashem. The name is how it translates into English. That's kind of the what they'll call, refer to God. They'll say uh, Hashem or Yehovah. Um, but anyway, Shem doesn't just mean name. Uh, it, it, it means reputation or glory. So I will call upon the reputation or the glory. I will proclaim the reputation or the glory um, of Yehovah, the Lord. So now that you have all these written down, I'm going to breeze through these one more time just in case you don't have them. And we're going to put them all together and we're going to reveal um, a different English translation to this verse. And I think it's going to blow your mind. So very quickly, uh, lift up uh, means to lift up, to bear, to display, or to present to a king. Cup um, is a word picture for a reality that one's going to endure or, or, or walk through or be someone's reality. Salvation, Yeshua, it's Jesus. Um, but there's also characteristics there, uh, which I did forget to mention. Let me mention those real quick. So the, the characteristics of Yeshua, it, it meant many different things. It meant uh, salvation, deliverance, prosperity, victory, health. So these are all things that when someone said Yeshua, um, it was, it, it, the, what came to their mind was health and prosperity, deliverance, um, all of these things. Obviously, the man, Jesus Christ, was nowhere to be found in their mind when they heard the word Yeshua. Obviously, it is today uh, in hindsight, but um, the truest sense of this word would be prosperity, victory, health, deliverance, all of these things. So that is important. We'll get to that uh, when we redefine or we retranslate this verse here in a minute. Uh, the fourth Hebrew word, quarar, quarar, quara. The R's are really hard. Anyway, uh, to call or invoke, to proclaim, to summon, or to invite. All of those are applicable. Uh, name, uh, the Hebrew word Shem, means reputation or glory. And then the Lord, the Hebrew word is Yehovah. Um, it means the existing one. Um, the existing one. So uh, you could look at that as uh, he's present, his presence, the existing one. So um, let's retranslate this verse using all of those Hebrew definitions. So it could be read like this. I'm going to break it down word by word, and then I'll just uh, read off the entire new translation um, by itself. So the English, I shall lift up, could be changed to I will display or walk in the English translation, the cup, could be changed to the reality 
of the English word salvation. Uh, the nature of God is really what that's getting at. So you could um, talk about, in context to the nature of God, character traits, but um, more specifically, salvation, deliverance, prosperity, victory, health, um, these things that define uh, the word salvation or Yeshua, um, but the nature of God. And then um, call, so I will call, could be changed to two things. So this is where we kind of have um, two possibilities for call and name because there was two things. So the first one is I will call or I will proclaim with my life. The name could be changed to reputation and character of the Lord. So that's the first option. I will proclaim with my life the reputation and character of the Lord. The second is I will call could be changed to invite. The name could be changed to glory of the Lord by inviting his presence, Yehovah, the existing one. He's present. So I know that's really confusing. I'm going to go back and hopefully maybe create a video version of this where we can have some visuals here. I think that might help. But let me just reread this without comparing old to new. The new translation of how shall I repay the Lord for his benefits towards me? This is the answer. I will display with my life. So I will walk in the reality of the nature of our God. I will first proclaim with my life the reputation and character of the Lord. Second, I will invite the glory of the Lord by inviting his presence. That is a wildly different rendering than how we read verse 13 in our English Bibles. And it comes from simply breaking down the Hebrew text and looking at the definitions of these Hebrew words. Now, it's not, it's not different than the, Hebrew, the English version we have other than we're using different words. So that the meaning is the same. It's the same meaning and the same intention. We're just bringing it out and bringing it to life by looking at uh, the Hebrew words more closely. So in short, what's the point of all this? Well, first, Jesus' name is clearly uh, in, <laughs> in the Psalms uh, identified as salvation. But beyond that, let's move along. Applicable for us today how do we thank the Lord for his benefits and grace towards us? We believe in and we represent Jesus with our lives. If you're ever asking, Lord, how do I thank you? How, how could I ever thank you? How could I ever repay you for, the, for how good you are to us? How good you are to me? How could I ever repay you for the work of the cross? How could I ever repay you? Here's the answer. Believe in and represent Jesus with your life. Because when you represent Jesus with your life, listen, Jesus is the physical manifestation of the character and essence of the unseen God. We are to 
represent or represent represent Jesus with our lives. We're supposed to look like Jesus. What does that mean? It means we're supposed to look like God. We're supposed to be physical representations of the unseen God. How can we thank God for all that he's done for us? We can represent Jesus with our lives so that we can achieve the goal of on earth as in heaven. Everything really comes back to that. I think that's the desire of God's heart, and we can see that pretty clearly on earth as in heaven. So I hope you enjoyed that. I hope that that discovery blew your mind like it blew my mind. I get really excited over this stuff. Uh, This is really cool to me. So anyway, love you guys very much. I want to ask you to do this really quick. Would you consider um, subscribing? If you listen to this podcast on Spotify or um, Apple, iTunes, or wherever you listen to this, um, subscribe uh, because... um, I want you to be notified anytime we put out a new episode and you may not see the announcement via social media or whatever. So if you would go ahead and follow or subscribe or whatever you do on the platform you're listening with um, and follow along on the journey. And uh, if this has blessed you and if you um, enjoyed this episode, you learned something from this episode, please consider sharing it uh, because that is the way the gospel is shared is through you um, playing a part in the spreading of seed and the, and the casting of seed and the sharing the gospel. So I ask you to consider sharing. And as always, please never take my word for anything. I'll, I'll try to say that every episode. Don't take my word for it. Uh, take all of this and uh, research for yourself. That's why I give you the tools that I'm using um, so you can go back and research. That's why I give you the strongest concordance um, the, the numbers so that you can go back and research for yourself. I, I really hope you are doing your own research and not just taking my word for it. That would mean a lot. And last but not least, if you have anything you would like to add or check me on or uh, follow-up questions or things that I need to make a little more clearer, uh, please feel free to reach out on any of the social media outlets. That'll be in the description uh, of this episode and the previous episode. Reach out to me on any of my social media platforms, start a discussion, uh, and I'd be happy to talk to you personally about it or to even make an episode um, bringing clarity and shedding light onto different areas. So uh, that's it for this time. I love you guys very much, and we will see you next time.